0: your Bibles, turn over to the third chapter of Philippians. <clears throat> the third chapter of Philippians. It's hard to believe that we, we just started a new year. It seems like the last couple of years have just been really tough on everyone. A lot of sickness and people losing loved ones. Just things are just crazy out in the world, crime. Drugs, alcohol, sexual abuse—I mean, it's just all on the rise. I was—I was reading. Uh, everybody knows who Tim Tebow is, don't they? Uh, he's got a foundation, and I was—I've been just reading some articles of his about how the, you know, the the trafficking and, and child, you know, all that situation has gotten so much worse because of the pandemic, because so many more people are online and just, you know, on the internet and available. It's—it's it's just really crazy to read and, and see some of that stuff. I mean suicides are on the rise I mean it's just it's just nuts to so think about all that I mean human trafficking depression anxiety you, you name it I mean people with financial issues it, it's just it's just crazy and you know I think we we as the church have a lot to pray for this year going forward we really do I mean just in the church even just in the church outside the church but you know just as I was thinking about all this it's like and we've said this so many times, And there's a song that I absolutely love by Newfound Road. No matter what happens here, God is still in control. And Jesus is on the throne. And it's it's so hard to get wrapped up in all that out there. Because it's chaos. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It is absolute chaos out there. but God is still in control. There's nothing happening today that He's surprised by. Nothing. We just have to stay in His Word. But like we said last week... Actually, the last two weeks. That's good news. That's good news in a dark world that He's still on the throne. That song, that says, the battle's not over, but victory is already won. And God is still in control. So the question is, what can we do starting out this year to stay more closer to God? To really... Live Jesus to the world. What can we do? To be more like Christ. To not fall into those traps from the devil. You know, we talked about idolatry this morning in Sunday school class. And there's so many things in this world that distract us. Especially ourselves. Oh, we just need to take a break. And then four hours later, like Michelle says, you want another episode of whatever it is. It's this, the struggle's real. But I really wanted to dive in here to see what the Apostle Paul has to say about that stuff. Because back in this time, it was chaos then too. There was so much going on. So many, you know, this, these were Gentile Christians. And then you have the Jews coming in and saying, no, you need to be circumcised. You need to be this. You need to be that. Persecution going on. I mean, there's just so much that, you know, we can tie into this today. And that's why it's still so good to go back to some of this stuff. So let's read, read some scripture here before I get ahead of myself too much. Starting at the first verse, <clears throat> I got the ESV today. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And we'll stop right there. And what we really want to focus on is the end there. Where he talks about, you know, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's where where we really want to get to today. But like I said, there was issues going on at this time in the church. And Paul was writing here to encourage the church to keep going. To keep pressing forward to that mark. And if you look at that where it talks about the mark or the prize, it goes back to that 10th verse there. 10th and 11th verse. That I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings becoming like Him in His death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So that prize was that. And that's that good news that we've been talking about the last few weeks. That I may know Him. That I may know the truth. The power of His resurrection. Becoming more and more like Christ. To have a deeper and a deeper relationship with Him. More meaningful. Experiencing His power. You know, Brother John's preached it so many times. Not just having a knowledge of Christ, but really having that heart knowledge of who He actually is and what He came to do for us. That's what's important. There's a lot of people that know about God. If you took a survey out in the world, there's probably a really high number of people that would say, yeah, I believe in God. But then when you say, do you have a relationship with Jesus? That's where it gets in. Do you have a relationship with Him? And that's what Paul's teaching here. That's what's important. All that other stuff's not. It's do you have a relationship with Jesus? That's what's important. Mm -hmm. I find it really interesting here thinking about who, who the Apostle Paul was and how he's saying here that even he didn't have it all together. You know, Think about all the stuff that he's done. You know, he wrote most of the New Testament. You know, he's, he's done all kinds of stuff. And he's saying, that I'm not even perfect yet. My ears are popping. Like some people claim to be. There's always room for improvement. That's you know, so why I was you know, thinking through some of my reviews that I did this past year. It's like some of these people just, you know, excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm like, guys, there's always room for improvement. And that's the same thing as a child of God. There's always room for improvement for a child of God. Always to get closer and closer to Him. You know, the other thing I was thinking through this is no matter how long you've been on the road, there's still more work for you to do. You know, Brother Roger was clerk for 40 years. God didn't say just retire. There's more work for Him to do. Brother Tony was the pastor here for 20 plus years. He's been preaching for way longer than that. There's more for Him to do. Mm-hmm. God didn't tell us... He didn't give us a retirement plan. Amen. There's more for all of us to do. That discipleship that I preached for six months on earlier this year. There's more for us to do. Mm-hmm no matter how long you've been on the road. Keep going. Keep working. There's a prize coming, brothers and sisters. There's a prize coming. Keep working. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. So what are some of the things that we can do moving forward into 2022 to get closer to God? What What does Paul say here? What can we do? Anybody have any good resolutions this year? It was interesting what Rachel put on the newsletter. Was it 45% of Americans make a resolution and 25% of those end by the second week of January? Is that what it was? How many lost it the first day of January? <laughs> Any good resolutions? But you've just been praying and, uh, and studying a lot about this stuff. And The first thing here that we, we want to talk about, it's in the uh, 13th verse there, where it says, forgetting what lies behind. You know, I think the devil is really good sometimes of making us remember things well, way back, past sin, past whatever you want to call it. He, he, he's good, good or bad. It can be good or bad. Like, I was thinking about this. What if we came to church and we celebrated every Sunday the ten people that got saved and baptized last year? And we just sat here and celebrated. That'd be good. It wouldn't be moving forward. Though, would it would It wouldn't be moving forward. We'd be stagnant. stagnant. That's not what God wants us to do. And like I said, the devil is really, really good about keeping us. Like we talked about this morning. He's really good at saying, oh, just sit there. You deserve it. Just watch Netflix for six hours. You deserve it. Isn't he? He's good at that. And like we said, not even that you're doing anything bad, but you're not moving forward. But you've got you to gotta forget those things behind. You know, I was thinking about that, uh, talking to Jake about basketball not long ago. And I'm like, dude, you got to have a bad memory. I like think Tony's taught me that for years. You've got to have a bad memory, especially shooting basketball. Some of the best players ever, I mean, thinking pitchers, quarterbacks, they can't dwell on that bad throw or that, that home run that just jacked over the fence or the shot that just clanked off the backboard. Some of my best basketball memories are coming off a screen and just getting the ball and shooting Because that's the natural. You don't think about it. You've got to have a bad memory. And that's exactly what he's telling them here. Forget all that stuff. Have a short memory. Keep moving forward. Can't dwell on that stuff. Whether it's good or bad, you can't dwell on it. I mean, think about Paul. He persecuted the church. I would have given up probably. But he's saying, no. I can't dwell on that stuff. The devil can say, look, look what you did, Paul. You persecuted the church. You killed people that thought were following Jesus. And he could have just put his hands up. That's not what he did. He said, You've got to get rid of that. You've got to not dwell on that stuff. It does no good. Thinking about old sufferings and disappointments and sin. He also wants us to understand here that we're human. And we have this sinful nature that's going to mess up. Mm -hmm. We're going to mess up. We've all said it. We're a mess. Who's not a mess? Raise your hand. Absolutely. He says, we're going to mess up. Like, he didn't even have it together. What did he say in the one Scripture? I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I need to do. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. But the key to that is, when we do mess up, You have to ask God to forgive you. Mm -hmm. You have to repent. That's important. I think it's a a dangerous place to be in to continue sinning after sinning after sinning and not ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's a dangerous place to be. And you can't move forward. You can't move forward without that. And the thing about repenting, okay, so I can say, God, forgive me for this. And He'll forgive me. He'll he'll throw it away and never remember it again. But the thing is, you also have to ask Him to help you turn away from that sin. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Who in here has actually went to God and said, help me get away from this sin? Mm -hmm. And He's done it. I have. That's power. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't. That's power. 1 John 1.9 there says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But It's like turning that 180 and going the other way. That's actually repentance. It's going the other way from it. Not just asking God to forgive you, but going the other way. But again, He has to be involved in that. And because of Him being able to forgive us, the next thing we have to do is be willing to forgive others. That's another important piece. Who in here is holding grudges this morning? Probably quite a few of us. There's probably something or another we're mad at, family or friends or whoever. Don't hold grudges. It kills you inside. It kills you. A a grudge is a deep, ongoing resentment that we cultivate in our hearts against someone else. As a child of God, again, that is a very dangerous place to be. You might say, why? What if Jesus did that to you? What if Jesus held a grudge over all the stuff that you've done wrong to Him? Where would you be? Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you really think. Where would you be? But that stuff can destroy families. can destroy marriages, friendships. It can even destroy churches. That's not how we're supposed to be. We need to keep moving forward. Forget it. Repent. Forgive. Forgive those grudges. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward, forth to what lies ahead. Paul was racing towards that finish line here. Racing towards that finish line. Trying to get closer and closer to God. And that's exactly what we need to do. You know what he was looking forward to? What Paul was looking forward to. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's what he was looking forward to. And as a child of God, that's exactly what we need to be looking forward to. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I'm looking forward to. So what else can we do to get closer and closer to God going through this new year? You know, one of the big things that I think we really struggle with as Christians is, well, a couple things actually. Praying and spending time alone with God. I don't think we make it a priority. I think it's firefighter prayer. When something's wrong, we want to go pray to God. That's not how it's supposed to work. That is not how it's supposed to work. You know, if, if you want to have a resolution this year, take start out 10 minutes in the morning, just you and Him. Read some Scripture. Meditate on it. Pray to Him. You know, one of the things I said last week, talking about Jesus' birth, the fact that Jesus was born means He understands us. He gets it. He gets the stuff we struggle with. He wants to hear it. He's the only one that can help us with it. Because we can't do it ourselves. He's the only one. He gets it. Brothers and sisters, there's no other religion out there that gets it like that. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus does. Because He came and was born as a human like we are. He gets it. It's hard to understand. It's hard to explain. But He gets it. You know, and He's alive. Forever. Mm -hmm. He's alive forever. I, I just can't help but feel... Some people, or so many people, are just wasting their time week after week after week on something that's dead. Our Savior lives. Our Savior lives. And we need to get close to Him. And we can't get close to Him by watching seven hours of Netflix. Put down the phone, turn off Facebook, turn off TikTok, whatever it is, and spend time with Him. Who's guilty of that here? Mm -hmm. Every one of us. Every single one of us. Spend time with Him. I really believe if we broke it down and everyone showed how much time they spend with God, we would all be ashamed of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But there's grace. There's enough grace. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing, well, the thing about that is, you can fool every one of us, but you can't fool Him. He knows exactly where your heart is. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, over in Luke, where it talks about, if anyone wants, if Jesus, you know, he, he said, if anyone wants to come and follow Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for My sake will save it. So this year, we need to die off the self. We need to deny self. That is one of the hardest things that a human will ever do. And I was asking the family last night, what does that mean to you? Deny self. And it could be a little bit of anything. You know, not saying something when you really, really want to say something. How (laughs) many done that? It's not worth it. Don't say anything. What does denying self actually look like? I think Talia said it this morning in class. What does it look like? What does it... You can't even explain it. What does that look like? Denying self and dying out to self and following Him. Putting all that other stuff behind. Putting Jesus first in everything of your life. Every aspect of your life. And we really struggle with that. We really struggle with that. Am I wrong? We really struggle with that. That's probably one of the biggest challenges we face as a Christian. Is getting self out of the way. It's a a challenge. Because what we really want to do, we want to be in control. We want to be the captain. Like I said this morning, we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Anybody else struggle with that? I sure do. But moving forward, let's change that mentality. Let's change that. Let's be obedient to His call. How many people are here that have been called to do something else and they're just fearful or they can't get their self out of the way long enough to do it? Let me tell you, standing up here, Deanna said it last night, I am scared to death. I don't feel like I'm adequate. I don't feel like I should be up here because of everything I've done like Paul. But there's a grace that saved me. Amen. There's a grace that saved this old fat boy when I was nine years old. It can save you too. And it changes absolutely everything. Amen. It changes everything. And we can't get out on our knees for five minutes in the morning and pray to our Heavenly Father who did that for us. We ought to be ashamed. We ought to be ashamed. I know I am. There's nothing like just spending a few minutes with God. Mm-hmm. Just got up really early this morning. but was just talking to Him. There's nothing like it. Can't explain it. But the Lord of lords and King of kings talks to me. And He can talk to you. But you got to put Him first. It's not the firefighter. you got to go to Him in the good times and the bad times. We can't put Jesus in the back seat. But that struggle's real. When is the last time? There's something for you to think about. When is the last time you did what he wanted you to do instead of what you wanted to do? When's the last time? When's the last time you said yes, Lord? I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll follow you. When's the last time? It's it's tough, like Paul says there. It's tough working for the Lord. It's scary working for the Lord. It really is. But it's worth it. It is absolutely 100% worth it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, one of these days, he's going to call us home. He's going to take his church home, folks. And he's going to say, enter in that good and faithful servant. Not because of anything I've ever done. Not because of standing up here. Tony and John can tell you that. It's because of that salvation that He gave me when I was nine years old. That's why He came and bled and died for me. That's why I get so emotional because I know I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it in the least bit. Like I said, when I was a teenager, I was an absolute idiot. It's just crazy to think of the grace that saved me. And it's still saving folks today. But we can't dwell on that. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep moving forward like you said there. Looking for the prize. It is so worth it. Hearing those words, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: That's
0: really what I'm looking forward to. Not that I want to die and be away from my family. But the Bible says, to live as Christ and to die is gain. We just got to get ourselves out of the way. We got to get ourselves out of, And there's so many other things you can talk about when, when you talk about getting closer and closer to God. Committing your time. Committing your energy. I mean, there's so many things you can talk about. But the big thing this morning is, get yourself out of the way. Deny self. You know, I remember going to, to when Chuck Tony was at Zion, and I don't know why I remember this, he was talking about resolutions, and his was to die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That really made me think, when I was probably early 20s. It's hard to die and get out of the way and let God. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it. And Brother Mike or John, if you get one verse of the song, if you're here this morning and just, you've been struggling with it, come up here and we'll pray with you. You don't have to struggle like that. Come up here. Give it to God. Commit to Him. Like I said before, are you all in? You've got to commit As we stand, they have one verse of a song.